everybody. Welcome to Listen, Money Matters. Don't believe everything you read on the internet from Abraham Lincoln. My name is Matt. And I'm here, as always, with Andrew. Andrew, how are you? And what are you drinking? Sup, dude. Sup. Uh, good, good. Uh, mostly because I'm drinking an Imperial Donut Break from Evil Twin Brewing. It and... is the glaze version. What's, um, the, what's, the, how, what's the ABV on that bad boy? 11.5. Uh, that's yeah, that's a heavy one. It's a good one. It's a good way to close out a twelve-hour recording sesh. Yeah, it's a Thursday. Why not? <laughs> um, and after this, uh-huh. I, I get to do tax stocks. So oh, so you want to be real nice and drunk for that? It's the only way to do it. Okay, fair enough. I am drinking um something a dry hopped saison, a Citra dry hopped saison. Ooh. It's called Canvas, and it's from Outer Range Brewing Company. I was just up there this week. But when are you going to send me some beers? Uh, like, you know, when you come out here. <laughs> All right, fair, fair. I've been out to see you a couple times. That beer is that's fantastic. true, but your parents are here. You didn't come out to see me. You <laughs> yeah, see I did. Mom. <laughs> well, I had to drive up to two hours to see you. That's true. You know. Anyway, our catchphrase today is from Joe Kerr. Thank you, Joe. I had to say, it's don't believe everything you read on the internet. And the quote is from Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Get it? He was. I liked around. it. Yeah. Doesn't translate via audio, but it's funny. Today we're doing, drum roll please. Brrr. Five questions. Woo. Let's just get down to it, dude, because there's a lot. Yeah. There's this, this first one's a doozy. This is like a 20 page prep doc. We yeah, got, it's, so. pretty, it's pretty uh, epic. OK, so question one is a two parter, I believe. And uh, it's about the golden butterfly. Remember that? Mm. We got so many emails about it. Like, good or bad? Uh, good. Yeah. Just a ton of emails. I've literally in the last week have told two different people about it. Yeah. Yep. Because they want to oh, get started yeah. with uh, they want to get started with investing, and you know they got cash sitting in the bank, and they just want to know where to put it. Since we did the episode, did more research, talked to some people, got some good stuff. Good. All right. Well, we let's kind of place to these questions. All right. So let's do part A of the question one, mm. fellas. I picked up your podcast in January of 2017. So glad I found it. Not totally sure how. I travel so damn much for work this year. This year only, it's February 28th, I've been on 14 flights for 70 hours and a total of 51,275 kilometers or kilometers, probably kilometers. Uh, and damn, that's a lot. That's a lot. For me, flights are my time for podcasts and spreadsheets. I love getting in the numbers. So specifically, which funds slash investments were made to balance out the GB? What the hell is the GB? So I think the golden butterfly. butterfly. Got it. <laughs> of course. Uh, and which technology or medium did you use? Okay. Um, take it away, Matt. Uh, what? <laughs> what, what do you mean? Weren't, weren't you there for? Uh... I was okay. there. So um, the golden butterfly uh, specifically is five things. It's uh, 20% uh, total stock market fund, 20% yep. small cap, um, so both stocks, then bonds, 20% long, 20% short, 
and it's got 20 percent gold in it as well as the quote-unquote real asset i remembered all that did you so yeah, you're just testing me to see if well yeah i mean fine but he's asking or i don't know yeah luke he's asking which funds slash investments specifically and i think ah. the funds are you know you can kind of pick and choose at this point right okay so um for everything except for gold these are vanguard funds so the expenses are super low the domestic total stock market fund is vti and we talk about it a lot um, the domestic small cap value is VBR. Uh-huh. The short-term bond fund is BSV. And the long-term bond fund is BLV. And gold is just GLD. So mm. all the letters together are VTI, VBR, BSV, BLV, and GLD. And they'll all be in the show notes. Okay. And in the episode, I mentioned that I was going to do it uh, essentially with fidelity. Yeah. But I've changed my mind. Uh-oh. And I'll answer it in part B. All right. Well, let's get to part B then. <laughs> hey, guys. Fresh off the Golden Butterfly episode, is there a periodic rebalancing that needs to happen to maintain that 20% bucketing of assets? Or is that the starting point and you let things go from there? Thanks for a great episode. Spot on with things I'm currently bumping my head against. So um, awesome questions. And it was like a day or two after the episode went live. Uh um, And a bunch of awesome people emailed us. And I realized I completely like forgot some practical aspects of it. Um, So there is a tool called m1 finance mm-hmm. that you can with just so i had mentioned with betterment if you had a hundred thousand dollars to invest you could like build your own portfolio yes uh whatever i'm i'm not gonna start with that much money sure in this. okay um even sure even if- the great andrew's not gonna start <laughs> right. with a hundred thousand <laughs> right yes okay. even even yeah no it was gonna be much less and um there is a tool called M1 Finance, and and if you want to sign up and you love us, it's listenmymatters.com slash M1. And what and it you're is- You're saying M as in M&Ms or Matt? As in Matt, yes. As in money? So the, as in Mandrew? Right, so listenmymatters.com slash M, okay. and then the number one. Okay. And uh, what it is, is essentially a tool that will allow you to automate investing in any slew of tickers- to you know the proportions that you want so you could do your 20 percent, 20 percent, you know the five 20 percents um it'll do the withdrawals and it'll handle rebalancing mm. so i do think rebalancing is important and the way that it handles it is if you whew, a lot of talking if you dollar <laughs> cost average it so every month you put in you know a thousand dollars five hundred dollars whatever you put in the, essentially, the rebalancing is they will buy more of what you're out of balance of to ah. even it back up again. So every month, you it'll essentially true you up to uh, where you need to be. Are they an affiliate? Is there some sort of like thing you have to disclose? Yeah, I mean, I uh, they're not a broker or whatever, but uh-huh. uh, it is an affiliate thing. 
And okay. if you go to listenmoneymatters.com slash M1, uh-huh. we make money. And when at, we make money, we make episodes. <laughs> right. And at, at no cost to people who right. sign up. Right, exactly. Okay. Just wanted yeah. to at, but be very crystal clear on finance. Okay. Hmm. And, and, and so you have some skin in the game, but it's also a good product. Yes. And this is what you'll be using? Yes. Okay, there you go. Boom. All right. You ready for question two? Do we answer that sufficiently? Yeah. All right. Thank you, Luke and Lauren. Appreciate that. Question number two. Hey, guys. I recently graduated from Florida State University and have racked up about $35,000 worth of debt. Luckily, the day I graduated, I started getting a paycheck from the U.S. Navy. Now I stumbled upon a program that will forgive my student loan debt after 10 years of public service as long as I make 120 minimum payments over that 10 years. So I paid $18,000 of my $35,000 bill. My question is, would it be better to take this longer option, which I would pay less in the long run, or throw all the money I can at the debt to make it go away faster? I am torn between the idea of spending less or the relief of being debt-free sooner. I hope I can get this. I hope I can get your advice on this. Thanks very respectfully, Elizabeth. That is a great question. Yeah, it is. Uh, I haven't had time to think about it. I don't know if you had. Have you? <laughs> yeah, I, I cheat. All right, cheat, cheat away. What is what is the, your answer? Because I. So for everyone that wants the same or is interested, yeah. Uh, what uh, she's referring to is uh commonly referred to as PSLF or the public service loan forgiveness program. Mm -hmm. Um, There are actually a ton of programs that uh, will allow you to get forgiveness. For example, there's assistance for lawyers, forgiveness for nurses, nurses, teachers, you know, government. Uh, Well, it's, it's uh, assistance. Got it. But um, any uh, government employees, there's like pay as you earn all these like really great things. Um, but for her question specifically, uh, I I would go the forgiveness route because yeah. she's only going to pay eighteen thousand dollars. Yep. You know, granted it's it's over ten years, but it's like a, a fixed cost. So yes. But what she is saying is mm-hmm. that she could essentially for the next maybe three, two, three, four years, depending on how aggressive she is, mm-hmm. pay this debt off that fast. Mm-hmm. Right. If she would have just like throw everything she had at it, you know, so she's not sitting on it for 10 years. She's sitting on it for maybe two or three years. And even though she paid the full 35, it's gone. So the difference, but, you know, she would essentially get if she waited, she would get forgiven about $17,000. Yes. And so to get out of it sooner, she'd have to pay essentially $17,000 more. Yep. And I love the approach the aggressive attitude of like just kind of being done with it. Yeah. Take that and funnel it into savings and investments for yourself because you can't retire on a zero student loan balance. And but you can. there's the answer. <laughs> yeah. You can, if you just put in investment and then at the end of 10 years, you're going to have far more than $17,000. End of question. <laughs> <laughs> I think that- I hear Laura laughing in the other room. I don't know if it's, from me that's or... that's yeah i mean mm. there you go um is there any reason and you may not may or may not know this is there any reason that this would go away for her like is there a possibility if she 
I don't know. Is can she can she like be no longer a part of the program in ten years and she has to pay that back anyway? I I guess if she left, if if she was no longer employed by the government, yeah, um, then that would be the case. Um, so that's the and, risk, right? That that is the risk. But I mean, quite frankly, even if she, let's say, worst case scenario, she's at year nine. And I don't know, she decides to leave the U.S. Navy. I'm not sure how that works. But, you know, she's like, oh, she only she's only paid, you know, 17,000 to this thirty five thousand dollar bill. Meanwhile, if she took the rest of that money, she would would have paid aggressively and put it towards investments. Maybe she could take some of that money and use it to pay it off. And it's OK. Absolutely. Right? OK. She, I mean, she would have more than uh, what she put in. Probably. Yeah. So, she, so the sum at the end would still be larger. There you go. So, I yeah, great answer. Well Ooh. done. All right. Uh, thank you, Elizabeth. Up. Yeah, I uh, appreciate that. Going on to question number three. We are just tearing through these mm. bad boys. Love it. Damn. All right. All right. Hey, guys. I'm about to turn 42 and have only really been saving for the last few months. I am able to save 30% of my salary in fear of the possibility impending ep- economic collapse and the end times. I have decided to put that all in a high yield savings account with uh, CIT Bank, not Shitty Bank or Citibank. Sorry, what did I what did I say? It reminds me of the South Park where it was it was Citibank, but the you know or, or City Walk. But, oh but yeah, 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 yeah. Shitty Walk. Um, I chose them based on them having the highest interest rate at two point five four percent. Pretty high. How careful should one be in trusting their money with a smaller, lesser-known bank such as CIT? Is liquidity on par with the bigger banks? Or li- liquidity? Sorry. Yeah. Is liquidity on par with the bigger banks? Given my age and my tomfoolery of only beginning to take my financial life seriously now, how do I strike a good balance between age-suggested low-risk investments and higher-risk ones for larger returns? I feel that I must take greater risk as I am having little as I have as I have little late in life, but that goes against most of what I read, which always suggests being conservative as you approach 50. Again, I am only 42 only. Thanks, guys, of the show. I've only discovered it recently and have been binging on past episodes ever since. Steve. Thank you, Steve. My middle name, also Andrew's middle name. That's also, yeah, my middle name. Yeah. Great name. Yeah. Yeah. But yours with the V, mine's with the PH. It's, you can still be part of the group. It's fine. Okay. Um, so Steve, not all hope is lost. Um, it's good. If, (laughs) if you're saving 30% a year, and let's say you just turned 42, you would need to save for roughly 28 years, 30% of your salary to retire at 70. Okay. But if you could crank that up to 40%, okay, then you could retire at 64. Oh, so you retire with the, everyone else who is also, you know, they're going to pretend that, like they weren't, huh? Plus that social security. You know what I mean? That d- damn right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's like icing. That's 67 now to get the full amount. Mm. So even if you can, you split the diff 35%. Say, hey, Ben just did just retire at 70, you know, and take the next 10 percent of your money. All right. So but his question 
is should well one i mean this first part i guess this first like kind of question is is it okay to trust in smaller banks mm. that have a high i mean he's he's got a high interest rate savings at you know 2.54% you know a bank like ally which is much bigger or a bank like Capital One or even Betterment, all of these are kind of hovering around two. So he's, you know, a half a percent's not, you know, a huge, it's not a full point, but it's mm. it's something. Should he be worried about that, you think? Um, so generally speaking, no. Because FDIC. Um, and and that is essentially it. So uh I checked and CIT is FDIC insured. I would uh-huh. say pretty much any bank that is allowed to be a bank. Would yeah. be, but you know, it's easy to check. What happens when a bank goes out of business and you have your money in there? They just, it is, another bank just buys it up, right? Yeah. And so yeah. FDI insurance isn't for that because if your bank goes out of business, right. that is a completely different thing. The problem right. was in the Great Depression, uh, people were afraid. So everyone ran to the banks to get their deposits out. Yeah. And because banks lend money out, they don't have it all available. And so if everyone sure. wants it, it's not there. It's called yes. like a, a run on the bank. Uh, just watch a great movie called It's a Wonderful Life. It tell, it, it kind of goes through that whole mm. period. And um, basically what FDIC insurance is, is it's insurance against the run on the bank. The, the government guarantees that if some crazy shit happened, everyone wanted their deposits and the bank had it lent out and they don't have the money, yeah. the government will give you the difference. And 250,000. Up to 250,000. So if yep. you have a million dollars in a bank account, you'd want it in four different banks. Got it. You know, and um, that will probably never happen. <laughs> so it's, it's insurance yeah. on like w- the impossible. Yeah. Something that happened once we made a law for it hasn't happened again. Right. But, uh, but still, what, what do you feel about, uh, preparing for the end of times with a high interest bank account. I mean, at the end of times, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm more worried about water. That's my currency. I don't give a fuck about <laughs> digital dollars. Right. No, so not uh, Bitcoin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm like, I know I'm, I'm getting all the water. That's what mm. I'm doing. They say and it's the, the new oil. Oh, wait, all the water and all the bullets. And what else do they need in walking dead? Water bullets, canned goods. Yeah. Mm. Yep, that's what I'd be doing. Twinkies, I'd find those Twinkies. Oh man, <laughs> you get those forever. like Hasbro gummy bears, and then you're good. I'd learn how to cook like a nice cockroach stew because mm. they'll survive, you know, a nuclear apocalypse. Apocalypse. <laughs> the trick is before you boil the cockroaches, you take the legs off. Is that that's the trick? The, yeah. See, I didn't know that. I was. I'm more. See, I've been leaving the legs on, and they've been kind of like hurting the inside of my cheek because they have mm. like. A scratchiness to them. I never thought to do that. It's really interesting. I'm su- I'm surprised you didn't know it because didn't you help build a survivalist community? Yeah. But by, by the way, I and I'm dead serious. <laughs> I googled Matt Givenisi survival. I can't find the name of this course. No. Oh, well. What, what's the address? <laughs> okay, it's uh, goneferrell.org/slash/thepack. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. That you is might, a real you site. Might, <laughs> the you, Netflix for survival. That is real. That is 100%. You can buy it. It is, it is a thing. 
Matt Givenisi will teach you about personal finance, <laughs> online business, and surviving in the wilderness. And how to use a pool in the apocalypse. <laughs> that's right. That's right. How to keep your apocalypse pool crystal clear. Crystal clear through the end time. That's right. <laughs> Truly a multi-talented man. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. On that note, thank you, Steve, for your for your question. I hope we can answer it for you. I hope we did answer it for you, but we need to take a break. Mm. And when we return, two more questions, because this is five questions, and we've only done three, so we're going to two. We'll be right back. Hey, we're back. <laughs> All right, question number four. I love it when you take us back. Oh, thank you. My, my favorite was like, we back? Yeah, we back. Yeah, we back. Yeah, we back. <laughs> my husband and I are looking to buy a home in, a relatively, in, the, rel- in the relatively close future. My credit score is 760 and his is 700. I added him as an authorized user to my credit to bump up his score. It was 600 before that. I am trying to get his score up as quickly as possible so we can get pre-approved. He has $13,000 of debt and an auto loan of 8%, which is nuts. I didn't even say that. That's what... It was parentheses. uh, And you you nailed the enunciation on that. Which is nuts. (laughs) He overpays his auto loan every month to buy $200 to get it knocked out. Since we are close to applying for a mortgage, is it even worth is it even worth to refinance his auto loan now that he has a higher credit score? Or that activity or would that activity harm the process of getting a mortgage? So those are the two questions. Mm. And would it make sense to have him open up his first credit card and just putting our gym membership on it so he would have more on-time payments and more available credit? Or, again, is it too much activity too close to applying for a mortgage? Man, I love this multiple-part question because I think I know the answers to all of it. Go, dude, go. (sighs) All right, I'm going to try it. Andrew, obviously, back me up. I got you back, yo. All right, thank you, bro. Thank you, bro. All right. Um, So he has $13,000. All right, first of all, first of all, Hmm. Great credit score, 760. 700 is not bad. Right. And that is okay. an awesome bump for essentially providing training wheels. So Yeah, and being at 600 and going to 700, all right, super sweet. Yeah. $13,000 of pro debt move, on Lauren. 8%. What's that? I just said pro move, Lauren. Adding yeah. them in. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So $13,000 of debt on an 8% loan. Yes, that is a high interest rate for an auto loan. Um, but he's paying extra to get it knocked out. I would say um, that's great. Hmm. Keep that going because it's all it's it's about on time payment. So really, for me, what I've learned with credit is it's all about just making as many on time payments as possible, and you have to, it takes time to do that. So um, I would not refinance. I would just keep it at that unless the refinance was just sort of a streamline where it just lowered the interest rate and nothing else changed. Mm, which is if possible. That's a, if that is a possibility, if that's a possibility, why not? Why not save the 8%? Maybe you can get it down to 4% mm. and you still have the $13,000 of debt. Streamlines might be more money like upfront to essentially yeah. do that, but that is actually a good point. I didn't even think of that. So that's... So I would say don't pay that off any faster because you need those on-time payments. Hmm. If you're paying off the, the extra 200 bucks, that's 
perfectly fine. That should get paid off relatively quick. Um, so that's what I would say to that. Um, so the other question was, um, since we are close to applying for a mortgage, is it even worth to refinance? No. So I would say, no, it's not worth refinancing unless it's a streamline and you can just lower the interest rate. If you can lower the interest rate and not push back the timeline. And just uh, to be great. clear, the reason why it wouldn't be worth it is because you'd then have essentially like another loan out under your name. Yeah. And so I think it would only be worth it if it was like plus one to two months in advance of mm-hmm. when you're going to buy the home. Because then yeah. I think it'd make a ton of sense. Yeah. Uh, but you need some time for it to close through all of the credit agencies that you right. opened a loan and then close an equivalent loan. And then she asked, would the activity, like the activity of refinancing, um, harm the process? I don't I don't know the true answer, but my gut says that if you do a streamlined refinance, that's a really soft credit check. Hmm. And it's not a hard refinance. So a hard refinance is a hard credit check. Yes, that could deter some things slightly. Hmm. Um, a streamlined refinance just to lower the interest rate may not be just be soft. And I would obviously, if you're going to go down that route, ask the bank about that specific, you know, tap to your credit score. So, right? Uh, yes, okay. I would agree. I would agree. And I, I think like uh, there's like this misconception, like with this with the hard credit checks, is yeah, yes, they affect your credit score, you know, mm-hmm. as do many factors, but mm-hmm. it's a very small factor, super small, and right. it is really only a bad thing when you have a ton of hard checks. So you're that what that <laughs> right. implies is like you're keep trying to get loans, yeah. and are not getting them, right? And, and we don't know the we don't know the past. Mm. There could have been a ton of hard checks prior, and he's just you know finally learning his lesson, but. In this case, it doesn't seem that way. So I would say that's like the least of your concerns. Right. And and I think it's worth saying also is when you're looking for a mortgage, you will probably, and, and I hope that you do, shop around lenders to find the best mm-hmm. rate. And so you may start to get a bunch of soft and even potentially hard credit checks. Sure. And these these mortgage companies know that. That that's what that yeah, that's what they're... so it, it's not such a terrible thing. All right. The second part of the question is, would it make sense to have him open up his first credit card and just putting a gym membership on it just to basically make payments? Okay. Here's what I'm going to (laughs) say. Yes. Do that. Open up a credit card. Again, you know, it's going to be a hit to your credit score because you're opening up a credit card. If you can now, I would say like the, the, the only trouble with that is He's got a 700, which is not super high, but also not super low. So there's kind of like this weird area where it may or may, he may or may not be approved. Mm. Right. And so you don't want to keep doing it, obviously, because you're hitting all those credit checks. But if he does get approved and you do put a gym membership on there, what that's going to do is it's going to open up his credit ratio. So if he opens up a credit card and let's say he gets a thousand dollars or five thousand dollar credit line that improves his ratio to what you know he has which could help build the score much faster how do you feel about that andrew so um i i agree uh for maybe slightly different reasons okay um well actually you for one i think you have a good point where um if you open it up uh, you actually have a larger available credit, so it makes smaller the yeah. amount 
that like is actually debt. So your utilization percent goes down. Correct. That's what I was saying. Um, but I, I, I also, I feel like we're, we're optimizing the wrong thing. And so we're, we're like so keen, we got to buy a house now. Um, so I just want to like throw some numbers out there. So if you are buying a $300,000 home mm -hmm. and you are putting 20% down one interest, 1% interest. So a 1% interest rate. And so awesome, right? right awesome. Okay. But that, that is essentially $37,900 over the course of the loan. Yes. That is like how much an interest you'll pay. So yeah. every thousand, every 1% up, you're going to pay uh, just shy of $38,000. And for every one percentage point down, you're going to save about $38,000. Yeah. So a ton number. of money, a, yeah. like a lot of money. And mm -hmm. so perhaps instead of trying to be able to get the, the home and the mortgage as quick as possible, you say, hey, we're going to do this in six months and we're going to collectively, the two of us have great credit scores and we're going to aim to save close to a percentage point on our interest, which would amount to a ton of savings. And so if that was the case, I would say, don't open a single credit card up for him, open two or three and put the gym membership on one, put Hulu on another, put Netflix on a third. So every month he makes three on-time payments. Yeah. And then he will cover ground super quick. He's mm -hmm. going to have a lot more uh, available debt, a lot lower utilization ratio. You could refinance that terrible auto loan. Yep. And, and you know, you could just mail Matt and I like half of your savings. And That's it. <laughs> That's all we require. Yeah. Wait, are you worried at all about the idea of opening up two or three credit cards, like those hard credit hits to even get those? And which credit cards do you even use? Mm. So, because um, I, I do think that if like, say it was like, regard, no matter what, we had to buy a house in 30 days. Like that was just a hard thing. I, I don't know that I would open the credit card because that that might um, not be the the best thing. Yeah. In like a super short term, but in six months, I don't think that it matters. Um, okay. And in terms of like which credit cards to get, uh, if you're not carrying a balance, it almost doesn't matter. I would say as long as there's not a, uh, a yearly fee, I don't care yeah, what, your, what right. your credit score is. You could qualify for a non-yearly fee card. Chase Freedom Unlimited. Boom. There's one. So that that works. And because mm -hmm. you're not going to carry a balance, so the interest rate doesn't really matter. You're not paying the yearly fee. Yep. And when the credit score gets better, then we can have the whole conversation about let's get the most points and yep. find this amazing card. But you got to like get the, the solid base in first. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to take much to get from a 700 to, you know, an 800 I or agree. even a 780. And, and same for Lauren, like seven, you're at 760, I believe, in the question. Um, that could go up too. Maybe yeah. you should try to open up credit cards and do the same thing. Matt, um, when we met, which was a while ago at this point, you, you had a rather low score of five, five sixty. Five sixty. And your your score is actually higher than mine now, but would you remember the time frame for you to get it to like badass? 
because I've had a I've had a badass credit score for a couple of years. Like like I've had a above an eight hundred for three years, and we've only really known each other since two thousand and thirteen. Hmm. So and it's two thousand nineteen. So it's like two ish years. I mean, yeah, it could be done. And and I was it, you what, did my, that strategy essentially, right? No. I ha- already had a lot of credit cards open. <laughs> oh, okay. But I paid them down aggressively, quick, quick by you know having uh, side jobs and just through through it. I did the whole uh, debt avalanche thing mm. where I, you know, made a list of all my credit cards. Got your I utilization took the utilization down. Yep. Yeah, it started with the highest credit card with the highest interest and just paid it down until it was gone. Um, I didn't. I only closed. I closed credit cards that had a ridiculous interest rate or, mm. or just cut them up and not use them. And just, yeah. And I just basically had a high utilization, right? It was, a, it were the ratio. So it was like below 20% and I paid all my bills on time. That was really the, the, the biggest thing you can do for your credit score is pay your bills on time. That's that, the end of the, you know, that's that it. was the thing. I, I remember Laura had a 600 something and mm-hmm. we just basically opened up a bunch of cards in her name yep. and she got Hulu on one, whatever. And I think we did like five payments or yeah. whatever. And it just, uh, if you've made, I, it sounds like he doesn't even have a credit card. So maybe he's only made 200 payments, yeah. you know, and if <laughs> five times, I mean, he, he's got an auto loan. So, I mean, getting a credit card, that's the only worry that I have is that mm. getting a credit card, your first one. Mm. It, it, you know what I mean? He it, has it an auto be, loan, so he has credit. But he has an, he has credit. Sure, sure. I mean, obviously, he has seven hundred. So mm. I think, I think, yeah, that's what. I, that's exactly what I would do. I mean, you did it with Laura. I did it with you know. I did it just by lower. I just had a low utilization. So, like, literally from the horse's mouth, Matt was someone who was a real asshole with his credit and turned it around in a serious way in in under two years or or about mm-hmm. two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you will just all all of the things that require interest rates, you'll save money on. I I really think you should focus on that and push back the house. And if everyone is really believing in this recession thing that may or may not happen for whenever it you know whatever, home prices will go down when that happens. Yes, yeah, so it's certainly plateauing as part of optimizing your credit and waiting a little bit, you may inadvertently get a better house deal. Yeah. So there you go. Lauren, I hope that was helpful. Mm. All right. We're going to move on to question number five. Hey, guys, my here's my situation. Here's my sitch. Okay. <laughs> 36 years old with a four-year-old and a one-year-old. Congratulations. I've saved, yeah, congratulations. I've, <laughs> uh, I'm going to be 36 next year. Mm. I've saved, and I have no kids. <laughs> so behind the eight ball. I've saved up $7,000. I've got about 10K in credit card debt. Other than that, I got a mortgage and a car payment. Additionally, my wife has about $50,000 in student loans. I want to get healthy financially. I fully contribute to my company 401k, but I don't invest anywhere else. Wondering what to do with this savings. I fear to spend it on debt in case I need anything for the kids or the house. I've considered opening a smart saver with some of it or starting a Betterment account in general. I'd love to invest, but I am clueless where to start. Thought about seeing a financial planner. Don't do that. I have committed to getting financially (laughs) healthy this year. So here I am. 
part of getting financially healthy has led me to your podcast. Yes. <laughs> I'd ultimately love to start a business, though no clue on what's on uh, on what, but that's the dream. Kind of lost, Mark. FYI, I'm drinking Tito's and Club. Lots of ice. <laughs> Cheers, Mark. And can, can I start real quick yeah, with, with the first? Yeah. I, I, you're going to start, but I just want to do the, the back of the question. So I'd ultimately love to start a business, though no clue on, on what, but that's the dream. I think that you should do it. It has changed my life. I know that it has changed Matt's life. Anyone who has survived the journey uh, is far better. I don't know if you know this, but Matt and I have another podcast called Money mm -hmm. Lab where we talk about literally this. Yeah. Uh, and there are a ton of episodes all over. Uh, we mostly focus on online business because it's automated. You don't have to be anywhere. You could be on vacation making money. You could wear a white t-shirt from a Hanes package like Andrew is. <laughs> like or... I'm literally wearing right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, or boxer shorts like I am right now. And and still be working at six oh five p.m. My room is literally dark, and I haven't turned the light on. <laughs> and I'm still podcasting and drinking beer. So so on look, a Thursday, I I hope that you uh, follow that interest, and if yeah. if you like our soothing voices, then yeah. check out Money Lab. Check out Money Lab. Go to MoneyLab.co. Our podcast is uh very nice, very nice indeed. <laughs> But I'll let you take the, the, the top of the question. Right? No! <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, okay. Seven grand in the bank, 10K in credit card debt. And 50 wife in student loans. 50 in student loans. But that's his wife's not sure how they, you know, mm. are financially uh, partnered up with that money. They have two like kids. It's, they're, it's, pr they're pretty partnered up. All right. Fair. <laughs> um, like, I don't know how responsible he is for paying off that 50K is what mm. I'm saying. Um, he fully contributes to his 401k. Boom. Love it. But don't invest anywhere else. Uh, oh man. All right. Use that $7,000 and pay off the 10k. And uh, then you can think, of, and then you can think about investing. I don't know. So that's so the 10k in credit card debt. I have no idea what the interest rates are on those credit cards. And it doesn't matter one. because, uh, the, a hundred percent of the time, a refinance will be a lower interest rate. Like credit cards are going to be like, I mean, if you're a baller, if you're like Michael Jackson, I've watched the HBO. <laughs> so, so, and actually he's dead. So let's say if you're, if you're LeBron James, you're not getting credit cards like below 18%, right? Right. You're, you're probably well above the 20%. I'm well above the 20%. I don't know anyone that does better. If you have the worst credit in the world, you're going to get lending club loans at like 12 to 15%. And that's if like you're a real asshole. So okay. if you refinance that credit card debt, you will save a stupid amount of money, just like right off the bat. And what do you mean by refinance? I mean, you go and you get a loan from... Lending Club, Earnest. I mean, like literally there's a million companies. Go to Listen to My Matters website. We have a bunch of them there. Um, and you'll just get a lower interest rate. You'll probably get a way lower interest rate, probably half, if not more, than what you're okay. paying on your credit card. And then I would, uh, I would, I guess I would pay it off too. 
<laughs> okay. But then, right. but I mean, there's there's three thousand difference in there. You know, maybe you know. Actually, I take that back. You need to have an right. emergency fund, and you need to have like a uh, a working cash account that like covers your monthly expenses. So take one and a half monthly expenses. So I don't know what that is for you. Say it's like two, four thousand dollars, whatever. Keep that in cash. Refinance your loan and use the remainder to pay off some of it. I mean, yeah, I'm just kind of all over debt is evil. Yeah. And not even not all debt, credit card debt specifically. Um, I just wanted to I was actually in the middle of that whole thing. I was kind of looking up what my annual my APR is on my like best credit card. Mm. So I have a Chase Sapphire Reserve. And that's 18.24%. Oh, my God. You're beating LeBron James. Damn. Fine. So 18.24%. Yeah, that's, that's that's ridiculous. I mean, in the cash advance. I mean, it is a start. great credit card interest rate, but that's a punitive amount of money. It's like a fifth of your money you'd pay in interest every month. Or, I mean, so, over, over the year. So you basically come to the conclusion that he should refinance... The credit card debt and pay off. See, I disagree. Hmm. Don't fucking. I know people that want to go and do that. All that like refinancing bullshit. Getting a loan out. You know what I mean? Like that's a fucking nightmare sometimes. No. You got. Yeah, you got seven. Maybe. I mean, look, you got you talking about Ernest and, and so far or whatever. Like do it if you want to. Um, I'm just like you got seven K. Right in cash right now. You only got 10K in credit card debt. You're talking about like 70% of that is just gone in one day. It's just gone. You're left with $3,000. You could pay off $3,000 relatively fast. And then anything after that, you could start contributing to, to Betterman, Smart Saver, anything you wanted to. I mean, you're, look, you're already investing. You have a 401K. Hmm. You're already doing it, right? You're doing it. Better than every most people in the world. Okay. <laughs> so the 10K in credit card debt is is a crippling, can be very crippling. It can only creep up from there. Mm. Trust me, that's exactly the amount of credit card debt that I had when I got rid of mine. And if I had 7K in the bank, you damn well better know I would put that shit right towards that mm. credit card, especially the highest interest one, because that shit adds up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and it, look, even if it takes you like, you don't even want to spend all this time like searching for a loan, going on these websites. Like, I don't have time for that shit. Like, just but there are ones end like credible. You like put your shit in, and it'll go to all the loan sites, and I'll just like tell yeah. you what your best one is. I just don't have the patience for another fucking loan. Mm. I, I I just don't. I want to be done with this shit. Yeah. I want to be. I wanted it to be over, and that's me personally talking. It's not. No, I'm that, not, that that is it, a really good point. I guess, you know, um, my only my only worry is that I would say this. No, but here's the thing. I want to just point out one more yeah. thing. I would to I'm totally on board with the idea of refinancing. If you're like 50 grand in credit card debt mm. and you're like buried under the weight, 10K is not a weight. It's not a you're not buried under anything. Mm. It's pretty light. It's a light. And I and I know because that's what I had. And I wasn't I didn't feel buried. I just wanted to be smart about and it. And you had that when you were literally making no money. Like you yeah, had zero income. But I, 
Yeah, and look, I don't know if that 10K is just one credit card or if it's split between two, but if it's split between two, right, then I would take the one with the higher interest and just get rid of it. Mm. Just pay it off with your 7K and be done with it. And you can start investing the next day, Mm. right? And and they'll still have 3K in debt left over. Okay. I mean, obviously, you were you focus. Okay, fine. Way less. Fine. I'm I'm convinced because you know what? Uh, worst case scenario, if the kids need something, there's some emergency. You you got a credit yeah, card. You could always charge <laughs> on your credit card, right. but obviously, the goal right. is to get it to zero. So yeah, yeah, the rates are going to be terrible regardless. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. Like you have a, you have seven k in cash, mm. right? Your kids get sick or something happens. Some you know, let's just say. Not a catastrophe, but like, I don't know, car breaks down on the way to daycare and you need you need the car or whatever. Um, like, yeah, you can pay with that with cash. But then the next month when that bill comes in and you have that 10K sitting in credit card debt, the interest on that is just going to set you back even mm. further. Whereas like if you paid off that 10K, you're, you're now only paying interest on 3K. And so and you have available credit now i think the thing is also is like when you get to zero you know and then you're above it like you will start to feel like wealth like you like having 7k knowing that you actually owe 10 to the credit card company not to mention the student loans like yeah i'm sure it doesn't feel great but it'll feel great when you zero that out and it's six of one half a dozen of the other. If you put that, if you put your numbers into personal capital, which I highly recommend you do because you're in a good position to do that, mm. right? Because you have your 401k, which you could throw into personal capital, right? You have. And by the way, you throw seven, into personal capital just to track it. So it's a free yeah, just tool. track it. It's not you're not you're not giving them mm. anything. You put you, you it'll see your 7k, it'll see your 10k in credit card debt, and go your your net worth is negative depending on what your 401k mm. is, right? If you pay off 7k out of the 10k. It'll still be negative if you don't and start to invest that 7K into something else. You'll still be negative. It doesn't matter what you do because debt is to me. And this is way this is going way back in the early days of LMM where I always said that debt is the break on the wealth wheel. Yeah. If you are if you have any debt and I don't mean and I mean mostly credit card debt, but any debt is really a break. But credit card debt is the is the hardest break. It's like, you know, putting it to the floor. Mm. It, it's impossible to gain wealth if you have any debt at all because of the insane interest rates on these credit cards. They're fucking out to gouge you. Yeah. That's what they do. They make a ton of money. They they don't want and you to make the payments. Yeah. No. And there's you can have a healthy relationship with credit cards. Just like going back to Lauren, uh, Lauren's question. I have a very. I used to have a shitty relationship with credit cards. I now have I'm a deadbeat to the credit card mm. companies because I pay my credit cards off every month, right? They hate me. Well, they still make money <laughs> they every make time no you swipe, money. just not from you. That's true. See, there you go. Don't worry, they're making Doesn't money. Matter. They're, they're not. <laughs> they're making money. Don't worry about yeah. that. But I'm still a deadbeat. Um, that's what I would say, and I'm very passionate about <laughs> that because I I. I just feel like I just went on a rant. Mm. Well, I like that. You have convinced me. Right. And I, I think that is All right. at the end of the day, like if if you have confidence and, and it really works for you, I think that is a bigger win than like optimizing what would be a small amount of savings. Yeah. Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, Mark, thank you for your question. 
Um, hope that helps. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Thanks for finding us. Tell your friends about us. If you missed anything, we'll have everything in the show notes. Don't you worry. We'll have plenty of Tito's and club mm. for you. Lots of ice. Of course, you can either check your preferred podcast app or visit listenmoneymatters.com slash show. Please subscribe wherever you normally listen to podcasts. You know where to go and tell your friends about us, point them to your favorite episodes, and hopefully they'll become a subscriber too. Just like you, mm. Mark. And like me, I or subscribe. Lauren. Do you subscribe, Matt? Andrew subscribes. I subscribe. Mark, Lauren, Steve, Elizabeth, Lauren, yeah. Luke. They all subscribe. Billy. What about Billy? He subscribes. Billy, Johnny, Cash. <laughs> I see what you did there. Different names. Yeah. If you have any questions or topics you want us to talk about in the show, five questions episodes, perhaps email us at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com and all the tools and resources that we normally mention on the show are available at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. I believe you mentioned mm, a few like listenmoneymatters.com slash M1 and moneylab.co, this most sensual business podcast. That is right. I don't think that's in the toolbox, but M1. We're working on a revamp. That's it, man. <laughs> we did we it. We did. Somehow. It's only 8.17 right. p.m. In, in New York. That's it. Time to go to the <laughs> Yes. Later. All right, later, man. Please tell your friends about this show.